You know, while there's a great book about the landscape of community for business out there already, and there's a great book out there on how to be a community manager, uh, shout out to David Spinks and Agent Spayer, understanding how to run a community and how it works in business isn't what's going to drive mass adoption for business. Understanding how to profit from community is what will. And that's why I'm convinced that this book that Mark Schaefer just wrote, Belonging to the Brand, Why Community is the Last Great Marketing Strategy, is the missing piece of the puzzle that's really going to make this thing tip. And I'm just super pumped that Mark uh, found the story of what we've done here at Be The Stage uh, special enough to include it as a case study in this book. And I'm even more pumped that Mark decided to come on our show to talk about the release of the book and everything inside of it to give you a sneak peek about it. And I got to meet one of my heroes. So this is an incredible conversation with Mark about you know what changed since Marketing Rebellion, the book that put him on my radar that really changed my life, um, where he specifically focused on community for a book, how businesses of all types, not just tech and Web3 companies, are leveraging community as their number one marketing strategy, and why community doesn't need to be huge to make a huge impact in your business. This is a, a really, really incredible conversation. I really hope that you enjoy this one. And more than anything, go buy this book. Go buy... Uh, Mark's book, go to amazon.com and go to belonging to the brand um, or just look up Mark Schaefer or check the show notes. Go buy this thing, but check out this conversation. It's incredible. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. I don't really feel like I need to intro you, Mark, but we are here with, with Mark Schaefer, who's a big-time marketing author and one of the big, big inspirations for me in validation of what I was working on when I started working on this idea of pioneering community as, as business development. I, I read one of my first clients sent me the Marketing Rebellion and I was like, oh, somebody's out there talking about this stuff. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a new experience for me. But Mark, I, I would love to, I'd love to just kind of start off with what is when I read Marketing Rebellion, I was just like, this is it. This is this is everything that we're talking about. I, I didn't think that there was another community book beyond that, right? Like what is the what is the iteration from from then to now that makes it, you know, that that makes this thing different? Yeah. Well, marketing rebellion, as you're sort of suggesting, was was a wake-up call. And it, it was a shot across the bow to marketers who that that things just weren't working like they used to. We were sort of in a in a trough just doing the same things over and over again. Meanwhile, our customers have moved away from us. They've got the accumulated knowledge of the human race in the palm of their hands. 
I thought when I wrote the book, it would be, I thought people, marketing people would hate it. (laughs) But luckily, there were enough people like you out there that said, yeah, I know it, I feel it, and this is what we need to do. Now, one of the chapters in the book was about this idea of belonging and community. And immediately when I finished the book, I knew that was probably the most important chapter in the book. I really saw that as the future of marketing. Now, who would have known, but one year later, exactly one year after I published the book, the pandemic happened. And it really validated a lot of the ideas in the book. 85% of Americans said their number one source of social interaction during the pandemic was an online community. Community just exploded to fill that need of longing and connectiveness that we all have as humans. Now, the big idea, and I think what's unique about this new book, Belonging to the Brand, community isn't new, but this is the first book that looks at community through the lens of brand marketing. Now, I was lucky to meet you who is pioneering this idea. So I was happy to feature you as an important case study in the book. Thanks, man. It um, I was literally just taking a walk around the block with my niece because I'm in Miami for the holidays and and just talking about like, I'm about to come out of this book by this author that I'd like read and it's like a big thing. So it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really honored that you, you know, you put me in there and that, um, it's it's a big moment for me. I, I don't know if you know this, man, but I don't really I parachuted into marketing, right? Like I didn't come yeah. from the marketing world, right? Like I, yeah. I came just more from this like business development, Fortune 500, middle level manager guy that got involved in nonprofits and found the power of community. And that's what got me into marketing. So that's I think that that's why I resonated with your book immediately. And that's that's where I thought it was going. But for you, what was the what was the moment? Can you tell me about the moment where you're like, I got it. The next book needs to be about community. Was yeah. there like a, a, a major thing that hit you across the face? Well, first, I want to build on your, your first comment that one of the things I love about you is that you parachuted into marketing because that's who we need. We have too many people that they have a, 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 a you know a mindset that's that's based in, in the old ways. And it's 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 the young the young people today that are teaching us new ways of marketing because you have an instinct about what you love and what you don't love and the power of what you're doing Pablo is that community is the only kind of marketing people love hmm. right they want to they want to get rid of ads they want to get rid of interruptions they want to get rid of spam they don't want, you know, their mailboxes filled with direct mail stuff. They're worried about their privacy, but community makes us feel good. It helps us with self-esteem and identity and all those great emotions in community spill over to the brand sponsoring them. You know, the I had been thinking about sort of building on that chapter in Marketing Rebellion for a while. And there was a moment that sort of solidified it for me because writing a book is such a big commitment. It's such a big sacrifice. I've got to be absolutely right when I make that decision. During the pandemic, I spent a lot of time just sort of coaching and helping people. If I sensed that someone was suffering, I just said, hey, look, do you need somebody to talk to? And reached out to this young guy. He was like a software engineer. And he was telling me, you know, what was going on with him. And he said, you know, I belong to the software engineering community. Now, the main reason we go in there is to fix each other's problems. But during the pandemic, we're talking about everything. He's, and he, he made this powerful statement, Pablo. He said, I don't know. If I could make it through this pandemic without this community, I'm locked in this apartment in New York. I can't do anything. I can't go anywhere. I can't see anybody. I can't see my elderly parents. I'm so alone. 
And I found uh, a, a source of, of help and connection through this online community. Now, this was a business community. And these the friendships and the emotion he was building in this community is now extending to the brand. It's creating an emotional switching cost because for him to leave that software platform would mean he'd have to lo- leave his friends in that community. So it, 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 it's really, as I say in the book, this idea of evaluating community from a brand marketing perspective is the biggest opportunity in the history of marketing opportunities. It, how many, I mean, when was the last time we went to a marketing conference where they had a track on community? Never. And, and yet it's, 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 it's just one of the most powerful things we can be doing. Oh man, so cool! I have so many questions for you, right? Because I, uh, I, I genuinely don't know the difference between brand marketing and community, because right? because because I parent right. Parent. So what is that's good for you, man? <laughs> yeah. Lead lead the lead the revolt. <laughs> yeah. I, I would and I know that. you are. I know you are. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, you're you're one of the heroes of the field. I think. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And listen, I I I remember when you started going hard at this thing, right? Like I remember, I remember getting an email from, from your emails, you were doing the rise coin thing. You were, you were, you know, you, you, I saw, I saw, I saw you start to poke the bear and I started thinking, okay, he's, he's, he is, he is going down this path. He's like on this trail in your, when you first started, I guess the best way I could put it is I, I get a sense that you have a strong footing in the old world of marketing, as you put it. As you as you started talking about this book before you started writing it with old world of marketing folks, how were you differentiating it? Right, like when they were like, "Isn't that just brand?" Like, how would you how would you differentiate the difference between brand marketing and this new style of community thing? Well, so okay, so let's step back. Let's step back, and and that's a very important question. And let's talk about the difference between brand marketing and direct marketing, because that's where a lot of people get confused. I actually have, I I think the, maybe my favorite chapter in the book isn't till the end. It's like chapter 10. I'm thinking I should have put it first in case people don't, you know, read the whole thing, but it's about measurement. And I use this example of Gatorade versus Powerade to show the difference. And it, it gets the community, believe me. So Gatorade sponsors big events. They sponsor teams. And there's this iconic thing in America, the Gatorade bath. When there's a big win in a match, people sneak up behind a player or a coach and they dump the whole bucket of Gatorade over their head. Now, this is amazing. I actually saw a football game where Powerade was the sponsor. And the announcers, as they as they snuck up with this bucket, the announcer said, here comes the Gatorade bath. So even when Powerade tries to do it, it's Gatorade in the mines, right? Why? Because through this brand marketing, they've established themselves as this, as this incredibly powerful, helpful, useful energy drink. They own 80% of a $30 billion drink power energy drink market, yep. athletic yep. drink market. Yep. Now, yep. Powerade, they're a distant number two. What do they have to do? They have to fight for store promotions. They have to do coupons. They have to do advertising, which is easy to measure, right? You put a coupon, you can trace how many people use a coupon. It's easy to measure, but you're fighting in the trenches every day. And I believe even if Powerade came out with some new breakthrough drink, Gatorade's still going to win because they're so well-known. And by the way, if you go to the store, a bottle of Gatorade is $2. A bottle of Powerade is 89 cents. They They can charge twice as much. Now, all the stuff that Powerade's doing, coupons, blah, 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 easy to measure. Do they, does Gatorade sell more Gatorade because of the Gatorade bath? Yes. 
Can you measure it? No. That's the difference between brand marketing and direct marketing. Okay. Now, in historically, all, almost every community activity is looked at as direct marketing. How it's transactional, just like my software engineer friend. Why is he there? To solve problems with each other. Mm -hmm. If you're solving problems in a community, you're not calling customer service. So it's easy to measure through cost avoidance. 70% of all brand of all company communities out there right now are transactional, solving problems. That's fine, but they're missing the bigger opportunity of collaboration, co-creation, yeah. advocacy, loyalty, all these things that we associate with brand love. Yeah. And yeah. that's what my book is saying is that, look, you're missing the big picture yeah. in a world where marketing is harder than ever. How do we create that emotion and that loyalty? All this other stuff isn't working anymore. This is right in your lap. And 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 for the brand, the smart brands that are doing it, like you, it's it's working and having a profound impact. I love that, man. Well, well said. I I would even add to the things you said. One of the things that I've found to be extremely valuable is feedback loop, right? It's just like rapid learning and being able to iterate through the proximity to the community, right? Like oh, right. Spend spending time with your super consumers is is such a high ROI activity because you get to really understand the world from how they describe it, right? So then you can then go describe yourself that way. You understand kind of like where the gap is that you can that you can fill for them so that you can then go develop other products in your pipeline. You know, like like that that type of stuff to me is 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 the other the other piece of it inside um inside these great benefits of that that I find to be very different. Yeah. Oh in 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 the in chapter three in the book, I list a, a dozen different benefits, including exactly what you're saying: insight, feedback, fast information, first party information that we're not getting from cookies anymore, right? Yep. So you're you're exactly right, and that's that's the way we need to look at at community. Forget, you know, look, this is really weird. Forget trying to measure it. Just forget it. You're going to get lost in the weeds. Tell the accountants to go have lunch. You go. <laughs> I'm, I'm cracking myself up here. <laughs> you, know, you focus on the powerful emotional benefits that is going to help you win in the long term. In the long term, You're, let your competitors worry about the accountants and ROI. They're going to argue about it forever. You just forget about it for now and watch your brand grow. Because you're gonna you're gonna you know just crunch your competitors because they won't be able to you know compete if you become the Gatorade of your of your niche. Let them be Powerade. You be Gatorade. I love it, man. All right. So let's say let's say that we're in a conversation with a I'm starting a business and I've I've bought into this thing, right? I'm gonna forget yeah. about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell my CFO to go have a sandwich and a Coke and, and call me later. Go out to lunch. <laughs> go, go, go to lunch. Yeah, yeah, correct. And and I wanna I wanna go out there and build community. Uh, I I would love to hear from you and your experience. I know that you got a framework in the book, and just kind of what what you learned as you started, you know, really researching this stuff. If you were to advise a company on building a community, how would you how would you take them through the process? One of the interesting things is that seventy percent of communities fail. I mean, that's hard, right? Here's why they fail. Because they, they they start a community to try to sell things, right? You got the, the accountants, you got the sales managers saying, we've got to sell more stuff. Nobody's going to join that community. So it's got to be based on some purpose that transcends selling stuff. Now you will sell stuff eventually because you build that brand loyalty and you can kind of like work things in to introduce new ideas and new new products that you have. You can provide sampling or whatever. But the key idea is 
You've got to build something where people want to visit there every day, where they want to come back and they want to hear more. And they and and the most important thing this this is sort of unexpected in my research. The most important part of community, a brand community, isn't building a relationship with you. It's when people build relationships with each other. Well said. And then that's when the magic really happens. That's when the ideas flow, the creativity happens. And all that love that's happening with these new friendships, it transfers to the brand. There's research that even shows that emotion in community helps businesses get through downturns in the economy. That helps them, helps lift them even in in, in the bad times. So we really need to start with a purpose. Hopefully there's something that, that you stand for that's meaningful to your customers where you can come together in a community. A really famous example that's, I think, easy for people to understand is Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson's, the, the mission of, the, I mean, they've got one of the biggest communities, right? It's HOG, Harley Owners Group, right? And they go out for rides together and they have festivals and 700,000 go to Sturgis, South Dakota every year. And so this is a huge, it's just all emotion and and this connection between man, you know, you know, men, I say man and machine, but, you know, people and machines. Yeah. And so here's their, here's their purpose. We want to help people fulfill their dreams through the love of motorcycles. Here's what they're really saying, Pablo. We're going to help you be a badass. <laughs> We're going to help you look cool. And every person in that company, every single person from top to bottom, has the goal of has one goal. We're going to help you be a badass. Now, think how different that is from other companies that sell transportation. Harley Davidson never says has a TV ad that says we're going crazy. It's a President's Day sale. Come down now, two thousand dollars off. You'll never hear that. They don't have to. They don't need ads. They don't need SEO. They don't need branded content. They've got love. Once you have a community, the rest of your marketing is essentially over. Yeah. Traditional marketing anyway, right? It's marketing without marketing. Yeah. It's the and, and that's why it's this huge overlooked opportunity. So you've got to find that intersection of, of your purpose and their purpose. What's I've got a whole section on that in the book. I've got, you know, lots of prompts to help you think about, you know, what can you do in this world that you can do better with a community? What's your North Star that, that are going to attract people to you? How do you, how can you make your customers live a better life? How can you, how can you make the world a better place with a community than you just doing it yourself? I love that, man. I love that. I love that. It's it's fascinating to me how in this world, I think a lot of people's eyes are being open to this, and it feels like there's a it feels like there's one truth, right? Like most people I talk to, right? My 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 eye opening experience, as you know, was my brother my brother's funeral. Twelve hundred yeah. people show up. I'm immediately just like, I don't care what I've thought about the Catholic Church since I'm a teenager. I can't leave this because these are my people. Mm. And my head went straight to what you just talked about, right? It is it is much easier to change products or services than it is to change friends. And I immediately thought about my the first time I bought a motorcycle in, in Southern California and how people with Harleys were just like, oh, if you're not a Harley, you're not cool. And 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 this idea that if I ever bought a Harley, I could never change to a different brand because I would lose all my friends, right? It, it that's becomes, what we talked about, right? Yeah, that's exactly it, right? And yeah. it's from there I was like, oh, so it solves for churn. What else does it solve for, right? But you are you're you're hitting it on the head on this idea of what is the intersection between the purpose that your company exists for and that ideal state of being that 
the the people that you want to build this community around um what do they want to achieve right like we we build that into we say that a lot in 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 when we're launching podcasts we're just like you need to find a name for your podcast that is a compliment to the guest and an ideal state for the audience right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and if you can do something like that now you have a chance of this like content stream becoming a a community thing yeah. um and that also has another another play that I know that you talk about in your book that it's you know you figure out this purpose and then the other thing I took from the church which I've recontextualized into live podcasts is a gathering place right like every every community needs a ritual and and somewhere that they somewhere that they get together can you tell me your your learnings on that part yeah that's yeah there's it's something that I'm learning myself i mean i have a community and what I'm hearing over and over and over again is the importance of the, of culture in the community, language in the community, little inside things that make you feel like you you belong, you know what's going on there. And the interesting thing, Pablo, and this is like one of many things that's different from the a traditional idea of management, you know, marketing management. You know, in a community, I'm finding you can't really force those things to happen. They have to evolve over time. I'll give you an example. In I have a community dedicated to learning about the future of marketing. And one of the things we're doing is experimenting with the metaverse. And so once a month, I actually bought a penthouse on the metaverse. Still trying to explain that $200 purchase to my wife that I have this digital penthouse, but it's really cool. It's on the beach, two stories. So we meet in the metaverse and we're teaching each other and we're learning things every time. And the last time we met or two times ago when we met, we had an impromptu, we started dancing. Because we're learning how to move. And we learned that if you push a button, it does like certain dance moves in the metaverse. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. And it's so joyful. Let's start every metaverse event with a dance. Now, I didn't plan it. I didn't schedule it. I didn't demand it. It just happened. And now that's becoming part of our culture. So I think an important idea in the book, you know, I never would have thought of. Oof, that was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show. If you haven't already hit five star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. You know, I go, three things come to mind with that story that you just told me. Number one is I've never wanted to buy an Oculus so bad and nothing else would have made me do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Being part of being part of something cool like that. Um, there's there's nothing else that would make me want to buy a, a piece of mach- like a gadget so bad than to just be part of an inside joke with you and a couple of other marketing nerds. Right. Like, yeah, uh, well. The bit and and here's the thing. Actually, there's another important lesson here. So at the end of our party, mm-hmm. we jumped into someone else's penthouse, and their penthouse is on a virtual ski slope. So we're out in the snow, and there's a hot tub. We learned you can jump into the hot tub, and you're like submerged in this hot tub. Now, I'm in the hot tub with someone from Brazil. Belgium, Australia, Ireland, Canada. Yeah. And we're all hanging out in the hot tub with this beautiful sunset over these snow capped mountains. 
And people are taking pictures of this, right? And they're putting it on Facebook. They're putting it on Instagram. They're putting it on LinkedIn. So think about this. You're creating something wonderful in this community, so wonderful that people are sharing it outside the community. Think of the power of that from a brand, right? Nobody believes your ads, but they're going to believe these great things that are happening in your community that other people are sharing. And people are saying, how do I join the community? Oh, I really missed out on that. How do I do that next time? exactly what's going on in my head right like i um that this this idea that businesses forever have been built on word of mouth and now you multiply that by digital scale and the, yeah. the amount of digital word of mouth that you can create if you can yeah. get a whole community full of ambassadors that are out there talking about it it's in it's, in, in, it's in the book i talk about i think other than sales conversions yeah i think social sharing is the most important digital metric. Again, because, you know, the, the, the evidence, the research shows that trust in brands, advertising, marketing has gone down. I think it's 15 years in a row now. Who do people trust? We trust each other. We trust our friends on LinkedIn. We trust our neighbors. We trust business leaders. We trust founders, entrepreneurs, technical experts. We don't trust, you know, what we see in pop-up ads. Yeah. So the the idea if we can create something cool that people want to share outside the community, that is a great measure of brand success. Agree, one hundred percent, man. The other, the other, the other thing that that story makes me think about is um, I have a friend in my community, Vanya Logan, who I call her the community scientist. She said something very profound to me. That's this idea that you can't create an inclusionary environment without being exclusionary. And by that, I mean, like oh, it's these, these wow. inside jokes and the word, you, uh, you know, like that's, that's yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. And there's a problem with that too. What I'm, and I'm, I'm having this problem right now. When, when people start getting into this groove of the community, the new people coming in, they're not participating. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're kind of stalking, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to find ways, trying to like look at ambassadors. You know, if people aren't participating, why? What's going on? How can we make you feel more comfortable? Is there something more conf- something that's confusing to you? Because I, I think your friend is is absolutely right. But at the same time, I, I I'm a teacher. I don't want to exclude anybody. Yeah. If you if you want to learn, you have a place. You know, you I I I want to lower those those walls. I want to lower those those boundaries. So it's kind of a two-edged sword. I listen, I think I think you're spot on in how you're thinking of solving it, right? Like I it is, you know, you you do have to be exclusionary to a certain extent, right? Like if you don't have inside jokes and you don't have your own rituals and you don't have your own language, mm-hmm. like not everybody's gonna, you know, it's not a community if 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 it doesn't have a defined boundary, right? But what you're saying is right. It's having the having the ambassadors that see somebody that's there for that characteristic you're looking for, somebody that's there to learn, and then having having a identified group of people, self-selected or not, that that are there to reach out and be like, hey. Are you really here to learn? If you are, then all you really need to know to feel a part of this thing is like, this is the Schaefer dance. And over here is the secret. Yeah, push this, to get you push to the, this to the, button and you can dance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, I think there's going to be a, there's going to be a dance in the metaverse named after you, like the electric yeah. slide. I, I, I see it happening, man. So, so Mark, you talked about this idea of completely punting on metrics, right? But I think that that is. Yeah. A, uh, okay. 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 Cool. Cool. Cause that's. I, I kind of said that. On, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and I want to say, hunting on metrics goes against every grain in my body. (laughs) (laughs) What, but what I what I want people to think about is: look, if you're a company, you're already doing brand marketing to a certain extent. All right. If you're doing networking, if you're attending networking, if you're going to trade show events, Mm -hmm. if you have a trade show Mm -hmm. booth, I mean, this is all brand marketing. All I'm saying is 
you're doing it anyway. Put this in that category. That's number one. Number two, I do in the book suggest other measurements like social sharing or people sharing it outside your, you know, outside your thing. You know, I, I think you need to look at engagement and, you know, the, the, I think the biggest community in the world, I believe, other than maybe, you know, Apple is Sephora. So Sephora, this is, I mean, they're, you know, cosmetics and, you know, skincare. And they've got a community with like 6 million members. I think they're spending close to $2 billion a year on their community, something like this. And the person who runs that community says engagement. You know, if they're engaging with our ideas, with our new products, with our content, that's the leading indicator to, to, to sales. So it's, it's a, it's just a different way of measuring that I think a lot of, you know, brand managers or, or, or marketing managers might be unfamiliar with. And, and they're, and they're more touchy feely, you know, engagement, engagement isn't sales, but that's, that's a, the sign of a healthy community. Yeah, totally, man. I, you know, I guess I guess I had the good fortune of just kind of hitting that home run with with JWB right out of the bat. But it's it's allowed us to really. Yeah. Yeah. It's allowed us to really simplify the way that we look at it. And what the way that we look at it is. We look at is somebody a part of this thing or are they not a part of this thing? And then we compare lifetime values and pipeline acceleration right like how how quickly do they how quickly do they convert to whatever they're doing what's the average order value right for the first time ever in that in that community they started selling not just one home as an investment property but three and four homes at a time to a first time yeah. buyer whereas yeah. before it used to be like you come in you buy one and then eventually you're going to get a couple more so so we started doing it that way and it's really just about Kind of like, what's the right word in marketing? I'm, I'm, I'm. It's I'm thinking of the word sequestering, but it's not. It's it's uh, delineating between people that take part in community activities, and that's a zero or one, right? Like, have you taken yeah. part? That's the engagement metric. Take yeah. part in a community activity over mm-hmm. X period, right? For JWB, we've had the luxury of being real yeah. strict with it. It's like, have you yeah. been to one of the live shows over 30 days? And then comparing these these lifetime value. Uh, right. Cost of client acquisition and average average purchase price and pipeline acceleration across it. That's the way that we've really been able to justify. But it took us, man, it took us like seven, eight months before even being able to like bake that number in. Yeah. And before that, what we just saw was, are the people that were already clients that had already shown to be happy, were they re-engaging with the company and asking about other things and like, talking to the team more often or bringing other other folks in right so like i find that early on it's like if you have the if you have the established company it's all about are our clients that hadn't that you hadn't really heard from in a long time reengaging with you at a rapid rate and if that's and if that's happening then you then you're on the right track if that's not happening then we continue to iterate until we till we figure yeah. that piece out right Do, are people raising their hands mhm mhm yeah, I think that I think that's smart, and I love the way that you were you were patient, and and you learned, and eventually came up with you know sort of a custom metric that made that made sense for you. I love that. Yeah, and I guess it's probably not you know that's a custom metric for them, and we're trying to reverse engineer it to everybody, and we'll see we'll see how it how it bakes in for everybody else. But I find and, that- and, and and the other thing is you know I I think we we also have to you know, how do you put a value on ideas? You know, how do you put it? How do you, you know, put a number on advocacy? So that's, that's a lot of the soft things that are, that are, that will be coming out of the community that, you know, we, we, we can't, we can't overlook and sort of have to trust the system. Totally. Totally. And, And to your point of the qualitative data, right? Like within the first three months, we had enough engagement to have enough faith to say, who we thought was our client isn't really our client. Let's redesign yeah. the website to speak to that person. Oh, and, that's and, fantastic. And it all adds up. What a great case study. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So it was like they were, they were selling to people that they thought were already real estate people, but they realized that really the people that are buying from them are W. Well, I wish I, I wish I had that story for the book. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, next one, man. We just got to hang out more often, Mark. How do we do? How 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 does this change how you operate going forward, Mark? Like, are you're you're a, if I understand your business, you have a a consultancy and you already have established brands and stuff like that. Does this, I would love to know how this changes how you consult for brands and how it changes how you grow your own business. Well, this is going to sound really dumb. <laughs> when, when I, I, it has to evolve. And when I write a book, it's not necessarily strategic for my business. That's the part that sounds dumb, I think. When I write a book, the only thing I am obsessed with is, is this an important idea that will connect to people in a meaningful way? Does this solve a problem? Am I creating something that is absolutely new in the the world of marketing ideas and books. That's number one. If I can do that, it propels a new new audience, new conversations. I get to be on a podcast like this. I get to be interviewed. It, it's sort of like the flywheel. A new book is like a new flywheel for me. Now, now the book is out, and. And and so I, I'm going to create a new speech. So there are certain organizations that hire me every year. The American Bar Association will say, "Oh, Mark, we see you have a new book out. Can you come and talk to us about that?" Right. So it's a it's sort of a trigger mm-hmm. to help me connect with a lot of my customers. It may result in in expanding my consulting practice. I have not codified that yet, but just like today, you're asking me basic questions about community, mm-hmm. ideas from the book that are applicable to everybody, and I think, yes, I can I can eventually help businesses with that. So I- instead of like having a business strategy mm-hmm. and then writing a book, I write a book and then let the strategy evolve. That's interesting. That's cool. I like yeah, that. because the book's the most important thing. The book is... Yeah. It has to be it has to be great and bold and beautiful in every single way. That is my legacy. That is my reputation. And when I write a book, there's only one thing in my mind. I will never let you down. I'm not trying to sell more stuff. I'm trying to create something that will connect with you in a in a meaningful way. Awesome, man. Well said. Well, I I mean, I'm I'm honored to be a part of that legacy that you're leaving behind, man. It's really, really cool. Anything I haven't asked you about, man, anything, anything that you think is worth, you know, diving into a little bit before we wrap this thing up here? Well, I mean, the only thing a lot of people might be listening and maybe they're fans of you or fans of JWB, and they might be saying, well, you know, I'm a clothing retailer or I'm, you know, whatever. How does this relate to me? There's a lot of really diverse examples in the book. I worked hard to create new case studies, including you. You're one of the case studies in the book. There's B2B, there's B2C, there's nonprofits, there's solo entrepreneurs, there's stay-at-home moms. There's, you know, all kinds of different examples in the book of number one, brands creating a community. And there's also some really interesting examples in the book where the community becomes the business. And I think that's another model that you know a lot of people are going to be thinking about. So I, I think that's you know that's one thing is that there's something for everybody in in this book. Small businesses, big businesses, giant global businesses. There's a there's all kinds of examples in the book. You'll you'll find every kind of business will find an inspiration in the in belonging to the brand. I I, I firmly believe that, right? Like I um 
we figured out that it really only took about 30 people to really drive about $40 million worth of revenue. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a very approachable model to me. And like you said, right, these are all activities. Like I parachuted into marketing because I was just a giant networker, right? Like to me, these yeah. are all inputs that we're all doing that if you think about it, the way that you framed it in this book is going to be more of a flywheel effect as opposed to just like a, you know, you got this bucket of this and this bucket of that. I'm curious, man, what's the uh, what's the smallest community that you found or that really moved the needle in any way? Did you is is there anything that sticks out to you that was like, wow, this is smaller than I thought. And yet and it had outsized results. You know, I don't I don't know. I'd have to think that's I, I haven't thought about that. Okay. And it's sort of ironic because. What I highlighted in the book were like super successful communities mm-hmm. that were pretty big. I'd have to say yours. <laughs> nice. All right, cool. Yeah. You're the winner. All right. I like it. I'll take it. Mark, I would like to, uh, before, before letting you go here, what's, I know that you've got this like awesome event coming up in April that I'm unfortunately not going to be able to, do you want to promote that? I mean, we're obviously talking about the book, promote yourself for a little while here or, or whatever you want to, whatever you want to. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank I mean, thank you so much. Thank you for being so well prepared and asking such great questions. And so it's easy to find me if you can remember businesses grow. You don't have to remember how to spell Schaefer, but businesses grow. You can find a blog. It's free. Podcast, it's free. Book, you know, it costs a little bit of money, but for two years of my time, it's a bargain. So you can find all of my books belonging to the brand. Is my 10th book, but I've also wrote, you know, we mentioned Marketing Rebellion. And Known is the best-selling book on personal branding. So there's a little bit for, for everybody. I do have an event. It's called The Uprising. It's sort of like a summer camp for marketing geeks. (laughs) It's my dream. It's my dream come true. I have one in in the Smoky Mountains in April, and I'm going to have one at a castle in Ireland in September of 2023. So that's really quite an amazing opportunity. And yeah, there's a a lot of different things you can learn about me and uh, and my businesses on uh, businessesgrow.com. Man, I guess I'm just going to have to make that Ireland trip a, a, a reality. You, are, you know what? There's actually a couple people from America and Canada that are that are going to go to Ireland. I'm going to yeah, it's yeah. It, I'm going to put it on the schedule. You man, look at, when you, I mean, we're going to do falconry. You got to go. <laughs> Listen, I love whiskey. I love I love that whiskey. That, that part we're of going full. We're going full mid. We're going full medieval. <laughs> Going for medieval, man. I just want to really thank you, Mark, for a doing this, putting me in the book. You know, like reaching out to me and all this stuff. But more than anything, I I can't tell you, I can't tell you how in early 2019 I was just like, you know, had this idea and nobody knew what the heck I was talking about. And and when when somebody put your book, The Marketing Rebellion in front of me, I was like, man, if this guy is talking about it and 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 who you are and what you represent, the the amount of validation and something to stand on when I desperately needed something to stand on, that that, that book was for me, I yeah. would not be here without it. So oh, thank you. Yeah, man. That from the bottom of my heart. I mean that 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 book, you know, I, I started off by saying that book, you know, I was worried that a lot of people would hate it. And just the opposite happened. It's really become a sensation. It's yeah. it's definitely my my you know most popular uh, book so far. Yeah. You know, I think belonging to the brand might beat it. We'll see. I hope so. But yeah, it's it's had a big impact on people. It's very kind of you to say that. And yeah. and you know, this just getting to know you, becoming friends with you has been a highlight for me as well. So thank you. Awesome, man. And 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 just to further compliment you, I love the marketing companion, your podcast. If you're you know, if you're if you're listening to this, you're obviously a listener of a podcast and you're into marketing. So check out the marketing companion, man. That that episode on on Chat GBT was uh really, you know, that's my new thing that I've been like tinkering with exclusively yeah. because of that, right? So like yeah. top-notch stuff and great like thought leadership stuff and things that you want to take away. So go check that out. Mark Shaver, thanks for being on the show, man. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Another total pinch me moment that I've been able to have via podcasting, meeting one of my heroes, uh, talking to an author I really, really admire. And um, it's hard to believe to say this, but we have now been featured on two major books uh, at Be The Stage and the work that we've been doing here 
Uh, the first one was the Ultimate Sales Machine New Edition with Amanda Holmes that you can see here in a past episode. And now this book about uh, belonging to the brand is just incredible. Everything that we got to accomplish in 2022. I'm just incredibly grateful. I really think that if you're listening to this podcast, you need to go get this book. If you can't afford it, let me know. I bought 50 copies. I'm going to send to prospects and clients or whatnot. But if you want me to mail you a copy, uh, just find in the show notes, uh, hit me up on LinkedIn, DM me. I will mail you one personally. Happy to do that. I think this book needs to get in the hands of everybody possible. So let me know. And you know, this idea of coming out in two major books is, is so weird, but I know that it, it could not have happened without the great support of the amazing team that we have here at Be The Stage. I want to just thank them. I want to, first of all, thank Cohen, who is my account manager and make sure that I do the things that I need to do. Um, and just a big, big thanks for Gina, who has built this team for us. She's our chief heart officer. She's the beating heart of our company. Marge, who's her right hand, is uh, really the adult in the room for all of us and <laughs> make sure that Gina's doing what she needs to do and therefore we're all doing what we need to do. Uh, I got a shout out to JP, employee number one, man, the, our amazing creative director that none of this thing would be possible without our amazing other account managers, uh, Joanna and, uh, and Joyce, our super brilliant content strategist, Rita, who's helping me with the, the strategy of this show going forward. Philippe, our newest uh, graphic designer, video editor as well. He's the newest member of the team. He's just getting warmed up. And of course, Nicola, my mentee and the brilliant writer from Bulgaria, who is, uh, I'm sure is going to be a best-selling author and a super successful entrepreneur one day. I uh, just really, from the bottom of my heart, can't do it without this amazing team and have these really, really special moments. And for you, if you want to have amazing moments like this, just remember one thing relationships will always beat transactions.